Hello, I'm Mike Gates and welcome to UK Motor Talk. I'm afraid today it's just me and there's a good reason for that. That reason being it is very hot. Some would say hot as balls. There's been about 40 degrees in Heathrow just over, so new records. Down here on the south coast, we've been seeing temperatures of 30, 35, which doesn't sound like a lot if you live in a different country, but trust me, to us it's too much. And indoors it's still 30 degrees, which means we'd all have to be talking to you with the fans going in the background and nobody wants that. Anyway, we've decided that what we're going to do is have a bit of a summer break and then come back to you shortly. In the meantime, I've been to a number of different places. Minis on the Wreck, a local mini show that has more than just minis. I've been to the Sad Case annual show, which has been up in Storrington. And I've also been to the Sussex Steam Rally, which used to be the Whiston Steam Fair, which has a number of different things. And they're obviously a lot older than stuff we normally talk about. So we went on rides pulled along by a steamroller, for example, and got to see all manner of different stuff there. What I also did was catch up with a bunch of Mini Moak owners. Now, you may remember just a few weeks ago, we talked about the Mini Moak and the guy said, look, I can understand why you'd like to have that in a sunny climb, but in the UK, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, the argument was, well, actually, no. UK Motor Talk are a bunch of wimps. And so I was invited to come down and experience what moke ownership was like. Unfortunately, however, we've had wall-to-wall sunshine and lots of it since we've had that conversation. So I really can't tell you what it's like to be in a mini moke in the rain. But anyway, here's what they said. I'm here at the Steam Fair. It's nice and sunny. It's hot, in fact, I would say. Uh, ideal moke weather, yes. I- ideal moke weather. Yes. Now, <laughs> you will remember we talked about the moke and the new moke, and we had a letter come flooding in from Andy who said, you're a bunch of wimps, frankly, you can drive a moke in any weather. And I'm pleased to say that the guys have come to prove that today in brilliant sunshine by bringing the mokes down. So, I just want to say hi, first of all, so hi. Hello there. So Andy is responsible, and I've got Graham here with me as well, who's going to talk to me about all things moke. We are here in front of a, a whole line of mokes, And you aren't just fair-weather drivers, though, are you? No. The classic story, I suppose, is when we were coming back from the International Mini Meeting in Portugal in 2018, driving through northern Spain in our Australian moke with a little caravan on the back. On the second day of the journey back, it started raining and we didn't have the sides on, but we were relatively dry. Yes, we did get wet, but we actually got soaked when we stopped for a cafe and toilet stop because we got wetter getting out of the moak to go to the cafe than actually driving along. The other story that comes to mind is an April in England going up the M6 with the snow coming through the gap between the hood and the windscreen and sitting there in the middle lane laughing my head off with cars going along the outside lane looking at me, looking at the snow, shaking their heads and just carrying on. I thought it was great fun. I, 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 I can certainly see there's some elements of fun in that. If I was on my way to, I don't know, a meeting or something, somewhere, you're on your way to a, to a wedding in, in the winter, you don't necessarily want to be covered in the snow. But I, I, can, I can definitely see the appeal. If you can put heating on, then you're kind of OK. I used to, to drive, when I had convertibles, the roof off everywhere, even in the winter, unless it was absolutely tipping it down. But these, you've got a, a, a roof, obviously, like a canvas top or what have you, and you've got sides as well. But they're kind of, it's almost a bit, if you think 
trying to think of the closest I can think of, sort of gazebo side-esque in yes. some ways, aren't they? Yes. Well, the mauka I'm sitting on actually belongs to my wife, which has a very efficient heater and it also has heated seats. That's a cracking idea. Was that your idea? No, no, it was a friend of ours idea, actually. And he, d- he d- did the conversion work on it. Basically, what you do is you use the seat heaters that, um, from BMW motorbikes because they're just the right width to fit a moke seat. <laughs> yeah, I can get... Uh, funny enough, I was in a cage room the other day that had heated seats. I'd not seen it before. But this is a brilliant idea. If you decide you want to use it in something other than perfect conditions, then you can, can't you? Yeah, we actually used the heated seats when we were in Yorkshire a couple of weeks ago. It got rather cold, so we put the heated seats on. It was great. <laughs> it seems like a great idea, to be honest. Have you, have you heated yours? Uh, no, only by my backside, I'm afraid. <laughs> Carrying the night before helps. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. No, I, I think this this is a great fun. Like, there's, you've got a, a variety here, though, from 59 prototype. 59 prototype. We've got a few uh, English ones. 65 there. 64 going up to what we've got the Australia ones yeah they were made from 66 to 81 yeah and then this is probably the youngest this an 89 Portuguese Graham why did it go to Portugal my understanding is it went to Portugal because Rover as it was then needed a method of getting cars into Portugal duty-free And I believe, and I stand to be corrected on this, that for every moke they built in Portugal, Rover could import a car duty-free because they were were locally producing mokes. The Portuguese were exporting them, but because they were locally produced, they could bring in one of their cars. And it ended when Portugal joined the EU. I think Kajiva now still own the rights in Europe, I'm not sure about the rest of the world, to the moke, the original moke. It's a little bit of a legal minefield. I'm, I'm sure I saw a moke down there with a, was it an N-Reg or something? Is it 90s moke? Did I imagine that? Um, it all depends on when somebody's moke was imported. Ah, right. The DVLA, I can't remember the date they changed, but they used to... Uh, classic example, I imported a 1979 Volkswagen van. Mm-hmm. That was in 1985, and it had a 1985 registration. Yeah. Whereas today, this moke was imported from Crete uh, about three years ago, and it has an age-related plate. So the plate actually relates to the age of the vehicle, rather than the year it was imported. That makes a lot more sense now, sort of thinking about it. So, mokes, do they suffer in the same way that um, a classic mini, you know, ball nose mini, club in front, whatever? Great cars tend to have a little bit of a thing for rust. Do mokes suffer in the same way, or because they're so open, because they have the drains, do they tend to survive better? Or? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> they do. They can rot in front of your eyes just like any other car. Except the old Aussie ones, are, they, most of them are galvanised, weren't they, the later yeah. ones, so that they tend to not rust. Mine's a completely galvanised body, yeah. and I've uh, hammerited it underneath, so no problems there at all. Is there some sort of um, relevance to the Californian part of this? Is that because it's Australian spec? or That was for the American market, I believe, wasn't yeah. it? They just, they just used a name, because if you think of Amer- American outdoor culture... Yeah. Um, Think of lifestyle here, the sundowners and everything else, yeah? Lifestyle, sort of uh, guys with 
blonde buzz cuts and sort of young ladies in bikinis and it's the whole lifestyle yeah. thing so yeah we'll call it a Californian. <laughs> if you're selling the dream you can picture it can't you? Yeah they, they also did um, a limited edition one they did in denim so it had denim hood, denim seats but I've never actually seen one in the, in the flesh but uh, they did a couple of different variations. And the other thing is, you will never see a moke that is identical to any other moke, because people do different things. They put different wheels on, and at the end of the day, most people only do bolt-on mods, so that you can take the mods off, put it back to standard, and if you need to sell it. If you look along here, we've got 10 mokes. And you won't find any two the same, will you? No. I think that this is the thing about mini culture as well, isn't it? Really, they are so customizable. I guess the difference being there's, there's not quite so much body to customize when it comes to moat. But uh, there, is there a lot done in terms of suspension mods to these, generally speaking, or is it still rather mechanical? Is it is it people like to do the cosmetic mods or rubbers, isn't it? It's mainly um, engines, gearboxes, and all that, rather than um, bolted on spats and things. Yes, you get the moats with the fat, you put fatter wheels on and all the rest of it. Some are lowered, but it's just it just depends on what you want to do. I tend to keep ours as standard. This one of my wife's, we managed to get hold of the factory build sheet and it's actually rebuilt to the factory spec. So it is as it left the factory. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so I, I just wondered, I thought, as a candidate for maybe having like a lift kit or something potentially, because of course the moat famously great idea very light ground clearance was sort of the, the fundamentally the biggest issue i think wasn't it really well, the english smokes just because they only had uh 10 inch wheels yeah. wasn't it and that's when the aussies got hold of them and stuck 13 inch wheels on them yeah i, I suppose for minis of the same year would have been 10 inch as well wouldn't they 10 yeah, inch yeah. and drums yeah. so yeah that, that kind of kind of makes sense and then let's say it gives you a bit more with a set 13s which is pretty common now uh, on the subject are they like an ordinary mini yes i mean we went out yesterday for a run um, what do we have? Your uh, brake disc, Graham's brake disc came uh, loose? Brake disc came loose. Yes, yeah, so the car park jacked it up, fixed out, it. Fixed it. <laughs> and then one of the guys was on the way, wheel bearing went, um, called the AA out. And the AA man said, Well, there's a shot round the corner to sell those. Although Graham did have a set that he could have given him. Yeah. And he went round the corner, got himself a set of wheel bearings and put a new wheel bearing on the front. Steve down there, his solenoid went whilst we were out we fixed that <laughs> yeah so, so someone's already got something you're not selling the reliability here to be honest but it's so very easy but so to easy fix. to fix yeah. yeah one of the australian moat clubs and i can't remember which has a motto when they go out into the outback no matter what happens we'll always bring them back dead or alive <laughs> it makes sense yeah so in in terms of uh, if for people that haven't seen a moke before is worth a google frankly but they are a pretty cool thing everything's basically down low so very low center of gravity fuel tank where is that in the, in the side. side see where the filler cap is there and it's yep. uh, cylindrical yes yeah, so like classic racing car style and then you have the rollover hoop over the top and then obviously hood can go over the top of that but yeah. it, it depends the, on the moke really not uh, the australian mokes have the roll cage as standard so do the portuguese the Australian rules, which are known as ADR, Australian Design Rules, changed, I think, in about 78 or 79. So you had to have three-point seat belts. And obviously in Europe, three-point seat belts came in in, what, the 60s? Something like that. 
Yeah, it was a bit later than that. So the Portuguese moats have the roll cage with the three-point seat belts as standard to comply with European rules. So the English moats, you could for the English moats, like caverns on the end, get a roll cage if you wanted three-point seat belts, but they are legal with lap belts because of their age. But this one, this one needs a roll cage uh, to late Portuguese, and the Australians had the late Australians had roll cages for three-point belts and rear belts as well. I can see this one's got rear belts on it as well. Yeah, because that, that's a, another sort of classic mini problem, isn't it? The where do you put the belts in in the back? You get yeah. kits obviously now these days, well, but I've got lap belts in the back of mine, but three-point yeah, in the front. I can't remember when, but you can the classic the later classic minis have three-point belts in the back. They did a modification, and the way you can tell is you just ease out the um, panel on the D side of it, and there's, you should see the mount. It depends on how you feel about seat belts, personally, as, as whether you fit them or not. <laughs> is it a case of you, if something goes wrong, you're better out than in in one of these, or? Um, speed you're doing, I suppose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes and no, I suppose. Um, I'm not sure I would trust the roll cage. But on the side of it, if you're in it and there is a roll cage, the chances are you probably wouldn't go over if you weren't going too fast. Yeah. But I don't know. These strike me as, as pretty stable cars. They're very stable, very yeah. stable. And you can have the hooligan fun in them. <laughs> yes. There is the hooligan element. Instinctively, I think these are going to be much lighter than a, a standard Mini. Is that the case? No, heavier. Are they? Because it hasn't got the monocoque body shell of a mini right so you have to put the strength in in other places and strength usually equates to weight sure yeah makes sense so that all the weights all the strength things underneath presumably yes yeah, under no in the side pontoons okay they make as their box sections boxes they make up structure right it, it's done that way so yes there is a bit more metal in but the hooligan element 2019 we went to the Nürburgring we did dig around the Nürburgring we had 20 moats one Schmidt, which is a French version of a moat cut yes. down, it's shorter, and a Mini. Uh, we had the whole track to ourselves because we were last on, and it was fantastic fun. Yeah. <laughs> Top speed was Steve Hall, yeah. 92 mile an hour, according to his sat-nav. That's, that's pretty good going, I'd say. It was, especially the oil. That, he had to put about two and a half litres in after he finished sweat. <laughs> <laughs> End up with a two-stroke. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this, they, are, they are a cool thing, and I say, I, I can understand why, why people would say, in, in this kind of weather, when it's glorious today, it is, it is warm. It's, it's, it must be really lovely to be able to drive around without the sides oh, on. Yeah. But the fact that, that you guys use them you know, properly and take them out, even if the weather's bad, if you're out and get caught, then you, you carry on. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think that's, that is very admirable. If you are covering the London New Year's Day parade, then you will see us there, rain or shine. Well, fair play to you. <laughs> With the heated seats and heater on. Depends which Merc I bring. Um, at the moment, this one needs a new gearbox, so it may be my Australian, which doesn't have heated seats, but it does have a heater. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for that, yeah. No, thanks guys for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Nice you're to welcome. talk to you as well. You're welcome. You. Have a good Thank day. You. Thank you. And there we have it. A bit of an insight into the world of mini moke ownership. Actually, I saw one today driving through our local village, which really came as a bit of a surprise because you don't see a huge amount of them on the road. The left-hand drive one as well, which was particularly unusual. But yeah, 
quite a cool thing. I would like to give it a go. And certainly at the moment, I wouldn't mind not having sides on the car because the air conditioning is dead in the mini. It makes a horrible, horrible noise when you turn it on. Um, and I think the compressor's died. Well, I hope it's the compressor because I've bought a new one and it's in the boot with some new seals for me to fix when I can next take the front off the car and do it. And I just wonder why I didn't do it when I had the car in bits before. I had a feeling it might be a problem. I should have just done it whilst it was all completely disassembled. And the front end of the Mini was in what they call front end service mode, where the front bumper comes off, the cooling pack slides out of the way, and you can get to everything behind. Should have done it then. But there you go. Who knows? Whilst I think of that, actually, we've had some comments on social media asking what's going on with my onion project. It's a great question. I've got the ST170 lump in the garage. I've been collecting bits and pieces for it since we last spoke and it needs just uh, cleaning down. A load of oil seals replaced and also being painted so it's ready to go back in the car. I'm trying not to take it apart too much at the moment because it all works. However, I have got the water pump off. I will be changing the timing belt and doing a few bits which are relatively sensible. I have been somewhat hampered, however, by having uh, surgery on one hand and waiting for surgery on the other. So this is carpal tunnel surgery and trigger finger surgery, which has meant that my hands haven't been as strong as I want them to be and otherwise have been in bandages and with scars and bits and pieces as well, which has slowed things down. The onion hasn't actually really been out since I last spoke to you about it. Um, it's been in the garage. It did manage to get through an MOT and it will be going to um, a local show, uh, hopefully in September, because the chances are I probably still won't have the engine out by then, which is a bit of a pain. But it is what it is. Beyond that, the car needs to be built back up again using engine management and with a number of new bits and pieces so that it's all good and ready to go, hopefully for next year so that I can enjoy it with my family. However, with a new baby due in October, I'm not sure quite how realistic that's going to be. So stay tuned. Keep an eye on YouTube and on the socials and we will certainly update you when that happens. And in the meantime, if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, please do let us know. I said as a PM, a DM, whichever way you want to contact us, we are at UK Motor Talk. We look forward to speaking to you very soon. Watch out for further updates in F1 from Jim. I'd like to say thank you for listening to this short UK Motor Talk episode. It's all a UK Motor Talk overdrive, if you will. And uh, yeah, we look forward to speaking to you next time. Take care of yourself. Speak soon. UK Motor Talk, a first take media production.